welcome to the Cornerstone Young Adults podcast channel. Our desire is to boldly declare God's word and to encourage today's leaders to authentically live for Jesus Christ. To stay connected with us, feel free to like our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram at cstone underscore YA. Please enjoy today's message. We are starting a new sermon series called Insufficient Funds. Where did all my money go? Can anybody relate to that? Can anybody relate to sliding the credit card and saying, oh God, in the name of Jesus, let there be a miracle now. Let there be a miracle now. I believe that this aspect of finances, this aspect of of managing and being good stewards is part of adulting. It's part of growing up. Because how many of you know that uh, mom can't carry you on the insurance forever? Can I get an amen? I mean, they, uh, mom and dad can't pay for the cell phone bill forever. Somebody say amen. Uh, there's, there's got to be an adulting. And sometimes the, uh, the, the aspect that needs to grow and develop in our lives is the stewardship and the management of the resources that God has given us. And so it is vitally important that we understand the principles that God provides for us to understand that he is the giver. He is the one that supplies all of our needs. And so this is, this is an important aspect because how many of you have learned that your bills grow according to your income? The more you make, guess what happens? The more you spend. The, the extra money that you get, you kind of get a little excited. And, and, and the more money you make, the, the, the greater the expenses. And I believe that this is an important aspect because the happiest day does not only have to be on payday. Can I get an amen? It, that, that doesn't have to be the happiest day. Matter of fact, if we learn to manage our finances correctly, we will see and understand that God is interested in seeing us financially blessed. There is no scripture in the Bible that says, I want you in debt and I want you broke, and I want you to always be in need. That's not the pattern. That's not the desire of God for us to be bound by debt. I need somebody to say amen. Bound by debt. And so we're dealing with a series of messages that will help us deal with money and finances and resources. And I understand that this topic can be a a sensitive topic for some people because money is usually viewed as a personal matter. But it's funny because we, we think it's a personal matter, but we want people to think we have money when we're broke. We want people to look at our cars, and we want people to look how we're dressed, and we want people to notice the Gucci. We want, we, we want people to notice rings and watches. We want people to think we have money, but, but, but sometimes we don't want people to know uh, what kind of money we have. And so this is vitally important that we understand that the rapper can fool you. Do you know what I'm saying? The rapper, somebody may look like they have money, but they're as broke as a decline transaction that is rushing through their phones. This message is geared to help us manage the financial resources God has given us. It's God's desire for us to be financially secure, financially blessed. He does not want us in debt and he does not want us broke. Somebody say amen. If you've ever gotten paid 
and a few days later looked at your account and say, where did all my money go? This message is for you. If you've ever gotten those sweet, romantic, intimate text alerts, email that says you are overdrawn, this message is for you. If you've, ever, if, if you've ever looked at your account and it's in the negative and you're still five days away from payday, come on, honest somebody, uh, this message is for you. How many of you know that God is interested in our finances? Now, let me just come right out of the gate. We're not, I'm not preaching this to pick up an offering. Matter of fact, I would submit to you that God is not broke. God is financially secure. God is not after our money. He's after our obedience. He's after our commitment. And there's a correlation from our commitment to our finances. When we look at the things that we're committed to, everything that we're committed to is also connected to our finances. Some of us are really committed to Starbucks. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's not Starbucks, it's five bucks. Listen, we need to understand that we need to understand that our commitment is not just verbalized, it's demonstrated by what we do and where we go. This message helps us to understand that the greatest concerns that young adults have, listen to me, the greatest concerns that young adults have about finances are three things. Their greatest concern is how can I make it, which is income. How, how can I make money? Number two is how can I manage it, which is budget. And how can I keep it, which is savings. We need to see and understand that obedience provides blessing. I, don't, I believe this. We don't have a money problem. We have a discipline problem. Some people think if I had more money, it would fix all my problems. But if you have a discipline problem, more money is only going to create more problems. It's only going to expose our lack of discipline. I understand this is not one of those messages where there's angels flying around and there's Holy Ghost deliverances or anything like that. I understand that, but I believe this for young adults. We need to understand the concept and the principle of honoring God with our finances. Because whatever we honor God with, he honors us. Money can buy you a bed, but it can't buy you sleep. Money can buy you books, but it cannot buy you knowledge. Money can buy you medicine, but it cannot buy you health. Money can buy you beauty products and cosmetic surgeries, but it cannot buy you a positive self-esteem. Money can buy you connections with people, but it cannot buy you true friends. And you've heard this before, but money can buy you a passport to anywhere except heaven. We need to understand and figure out that some people have the mentality of, I can't afford to give to God. Let me tell you something. We can't afford not to honor the Lord with our finances. P.T. Barnum said this, money is a terrible master, but an excellent servant. I like what Dave Ramsey says. He says this, act your wage. Act your wage. In other words, rich people stay rich by living like they're broke. Broke people stay broke by living like they're rich. 
There's a biblical concept. If I told you that there was a principle that would ensure blessings and favor and godly assistance, would you want to hear it? If I told you tonight that there is a biblical principle that God speaks about in his word that is geared towards blessing us, would you want to apply it? I believe the answer would be yes. So tonight I want to talk to you about a topic we normally do not preach about here in our C3 services. I want to talk to you about the concept of tithing. Tithing. And, I, and believe me, I, I, I need you to grasp this, that as we speak about tithing, tithing is not for God's benefit. Tithing is for our benefit. And if we're speaking about insufficient funds, it's simply because there is a lack of discipline and focus with our finances that are creating holes that duct tape cannot cover and fix. It's not increased credit limits that's going to fix this. It's not, it's not mom and dad bailing us out at the end of the month because we can't afford insurance. Can I get an honest amen? It's, it's not somebody bailing us out. It's putting our confidence and trust in the Lord and seeing him as our provider. Quit looking for a sugar daddy to marry so that he can pay your bills. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because he's not going to make enough money to satisfy you. She's not going to have enough possessions to satisfy you. Our joy and contentment cannot be wrapped up in an individual who can fail us and is frail and keeping promises. There's only one that can satisfy us, and his name is Jesus. So money is a big deal. God speaks about money. There's three things that I want you to get out of tonight's message. Three things about tithing that we all need to know. I need you to take notes. Three things. Number one, right out of the gate, write this down, write this down. Number one, everything belongs to the Lord. Everything belongs to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 10.26 says, for the earth is the Lord's. Let me say that again. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Another translation says, and all it contains. The earth is the Lord's and all it contains. So whatever is in the earth belongs to the Lord. Let me just say something. Uh, ladies, the, the, the diamond that you are wearing on your finger has come from a coal that belongs to the Lord. The metal boxes that you got here to church in uh, uh, called cars made out of aluminum and metal, that, that's minerals that God created and that belongs to the Lord. The wooden structures that we live in called apartments and homes are coming from God's trees and those trees belong to the Lord. Those $150 shoes that you can't afford that are made out of animal hide called leather are animals that come from the Lord. Everything in the earth. The paper, the paper that money is printed on is paper that has come from everything belongs to the Lord. Everything. Somebody say everything. Everything belongs. If you are in the earth, 
You are part of what belongs to the Lord. Psalms 24 verse 1 says this, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Everything belongs to the Lord. Is, is the house you live in really your house? It belongs to you may be stewarding that house, you may be managing that house, but that house belongs to the Lord. The relationship that you are in, you don't own that man, you don't own that woman. That woman and man belongs to the Lord. You may be stewarding the relationship, but you don't own them. They belong to the Lord. That's why we should have peace, because if everything belongs to the Lord, he is concerned about what he's given us. Instead of us being stressed out about bills that we can't pay, you should go to sleep and find rest, because God is at work and He's going to manage what he owns. Can I get an honest amen from somebody in the house? God allows us to be stewards and managers of what he's given us. We are given the opportunity to earn income, but understand this, that that strength and power comes from the Lord. We are not owners. We are stewards. We are stewards. You see, some people... Maybe you can relate to this. Some people borrow things and handle it with great care because they know what they're borrowing doesn't belong to them. And then there's another attitude that says, this doesn't belong to me, so why should I care what happens to it? There's two distinct distinct attitudes. I remember lending my car in high school to a friend of mine and they, my car was already messed up. They made it even more messed up. This was one of the cars where you didn't need keys. You just needed a screwdriver to turn the, the, the I, I know you don't know about that kind of stuff because mom and dad co-signs for you and you can't make the payment. So they make the payments anyway. Cause they're, they want to see you say, I, I know, I know, I know. Maybe that's not everybody, but maybe somebody in the house knows what I'm talking about duct seat tape somebody I'm talking about upholstery that is gray with tape but uh, my friend my my friend was abusing my car and it was my car not his car and uh, he would change the gears without pushing the button and it would grind the gears I didn't want to lend him the car anymore because he was not managing or stewarding the blessing because he did not view it as something valuable. Why should God bless us with more when we are not managing, when we are not stewarding what he has already given us because God will not bless us to be poor stewards of his resources? I know it's going to get quiet in here, but that's okay. I want to encourage you today that we cannot have a rental car attitude with the resources of God. Ever rent a car and not care about what you ran over? Ever rented a car and not care about where you parked? Some people rent a car and they say, that's why I got insurance. Just beat the thing up. And we drive all over. We kill animals. Well, we don't kill. We, we, we love all that. But, but we, we do things with carelessness because we know that we're returning it back. It's like some of our dating relationships. We know I don't want this, but I'm going to give it back. Instead of seeing it as precious, instead of seeing it as valuable, I need an honest amen from somebody that knows what, what I'm talking about, Eleanor 
Roosevelt said this, he who loses money loses much. He who loses a friend loses much more. He who loses faith loses all. Do you understand that there's more at stake than just the money? There is the relationship, the faithfulness that we have that is connected to our commitments, our commitment to the Lord. Dave Ramsey said this, you must gain control over your money or the lack of it will forever control you. There are so many people that are money hungry, that everything is about money. I mean, Somebody asks you to do something. Somebody's, somebody lends you some money and you're already calculating interest. And, and you, I've already paid your three meals. Now you owe me three meals. Now you're just smooching off. I mean, we are so connected to it that sometimes our passion and desire is rooted with the wrong motive. Let me tell you something. When you love money, you'll love nothing and no one else. That's why we're not ready for marriage because we're so in love with the money for ourselves that we are not prepared to love someone else with our resources. Deuteronomy 8, 17 through 18 says this, Beware, lest you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand has given me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. Did you hear that? It is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. He gives you power. He gives you knowledge. He gives you ability. He gives you the strength to gain wealth. It is not people that say, I'm a self-made man. That's a lie. You're not self-made. You came from the earth. The Lord blew over you. Without God's permission, you couldn't take your next breath. You may have more degrees than a thermometer, but it matters not. It is the God of God that gives us the power and the ability to gain wealth. You may have gone to sleep with a pizza idea and some cramps that kept you awake, and you wrote down a dream, and you started a business, but that business was not conceived in your mind. It was first conceived in the mind of God that was placed into your heart and your mind. And now God is doing a work through your life. Our ability to gain wealth is connected to God. It would be a mistake to say we don't need God We are successful all on our own merit and ability. Our ability, talents, and gifts have originated from the Lord. They've come from God. You see, some people have the wrong perspective about giving. They have the wrong perspective about tithing. This is not a payment to a club membership. Church is not a club member. This is not, this is not, the valleys is closed down. We This is not a lifetime you're paying into or gold you're paying into. This is not a club membership. Matter of fact, let me illustrate this way. There's a little boy that was in church for the first time. And he watched as the ushers passed the offering plates. And when the offering plate reached near his pew, the boy said loudly, Dad, don't pay for me. I'm under five. Let me tell you something. Again, God is interested in our commitment and devotion to him. 
The second thing that I need you to understand about tithing is this. Not only is everything the Lord's, but number two, the tithe, the first tenth belongs to the Lord. The tithe belongs to the Lord. The word tithe is a Hebrew word that means ten. And we read in the book of Leviticus, chapter 27, verse 30, every tithe of the land, whether of seed of the land or the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. Every tithe from the seeds or every tithe from, from the land, the crops, belongs to the Lord and it is holy. Do you understand that God has already earmarked a tenth of all we earn, of all we receive? He has earmarked it and said, it is the Lord's and it is holy. You don't want to mess with holy things. You don't want to play around with holy things. You don't want to be casual with holy things. You don't want to, you, you don't want to be too laxadatal with holy things because God will respond Quite simply, the Lord instructed his people to give. He expected the tithe to be given. This verse speaks of agricultural resources, uh, but agricultural resources in this time could also be viewed as a form of currency. And the Bible clearly says that these things belong to the Lord and that they are holy, which is supernatural, which simply means they're not ordinary. They're not common. They are to be dedicated to God. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruit of all your produce. Then, somebody say then. Come on, somebody say then. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. When we honor the Lord with our wealth, the Bible then says that he will bless our barns. Now listen to me. I understand. I understand not, not, I mean, not, not everybody's in Tarpley, right? I mean, not everybody, not every, everybody's in Bernie or not everybody's in a, but you don't have a barn, but you have a bank account. And a barn is a place to store resources, is to store excess and the Bible teaches us that the place that is holding our excess is a place that will experience the blessing and the favor of God, and it will be with plenty. How many of you want plenty? And the Bible says that your vats, which, which are containers that hold wine, will burst because they are so full. It is God's desire to bless our finances when we honor the Lord with our finances. When we choose to make him a priority. Now, I want to share an illustration. If you, if you come to Cornerstone, you know that our pastor shares this illustration. So I want you to know that this is a pastor's illustration on finances. He's done it in the sanctuary many, many times. Uh, I've got money from the bank, and uh, I've got uh, $10 bills, and I've got 10, $10 bills. We're going to say that 
each of these $10 bills represents the money that we make. And uh, for young adults, maybe the, the first $10 we uh, um, we're paying our cell phone, right? And then the uh, second $10 is our car payment. We only pay half because our parents pay the other half. Uh, and the, 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 the third $10 is uh, the, the Manny, the Petty, the, 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 uh, the constant maintenance to be able to look amazingly beautiful. Uh, the fourth one is uh, memberships that we don't use uh, can I get an amen? Uh, the the next one is Netflix, and the uh, next one is is Hulu, and and the list goes on. It's shopping. It's Chick Fil A. Can I get an amen? It's different aspects, and then we say, well, this last one, this last one belongs to the Lord. This last one, although we give it to the Lord, it's not really the Lord's. Because the Bible calls us to give what is first. When we give what is first, as our pastor teaches us, everything else will be blessed after that. When we first give to the Lord, what is the Lord's? I, I believe I shared this before. I remember as a child, I remember as a child, I received my first $100 that I earned cutting grass. And I remember that my mom came to me and says, you know you got a tithe from that. And I got so upset. I said, I cut the grass. I got sweaty. I'm, I'm all covered with grass. I mean, I got jungle juice all over me from taking out the, I'm, this is not fair. And my mom looked at me and said, you don't have to give anything to the Lord. Because with that attitude, he wouldn't want it anyway. You see, performing the correct function does not mean having the right attitude in the right hearts. If you're going to give to the Lord grudgingly, if you're going to give to the Lord with a bad attitude, you might as well not give to the Lord because even if you give him, he's not going to bless the attitude and the continence of how we are giving to the Lord. The tithe gives Access and opportunity for us to be blessed. To be blessed by the Lord. Number three. Number three, and in closing. The third aspect that I need you to grasp about insufficient funds. Where did my money go? If you're tired of being broke. If you're tired of just scraping by. I remember dating my wife, Lucy, and not having a lot of money. And I remember I even talked to some of the guys about this. I remember I was going to take her out to a restaurant one time, and I was broke. I'm, I mean, I'm in, I'm in the living room turning over cushions, looking for loose change. I even called the restaurant in advance to ask what was the most expensive dish just in case she went there, just in case she went there, she got all comfortable and wanted to order. I just needed to make sure that I had enough money. And I went through all that trouble because she was worth it. I went through all those additional actions because she was worth it. How much more? 
How much more is our love and commitment and relationship to God worth it? That we would ensure that we are honoring and blessing the Lord. Malachi, Malachi, the book of Malachi in chapter 3. If you're taking notes, write this down. This is the last point. God expects us to tithe and give offerings. God, listen to, I'm going to say it again. We are not picking up an offering tonight. We are simply trying to teach the stewardship of why we are insufficient. We're wanting God to be all sufficient in our insufficient commitments. We are wanting an all-powerful God with a part-time commitment. Malachi chapter 3, beginning with verse, verse 8 says this, Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithe and contributions. Another translation says offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe. Bring what kind of tithe? The full tithe, not part tithe, not, not a percentage tithe, not a makeup tithe, not a I got you on the next one, God. It says bring the full tithe. Into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And therefore, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you blessings until there is no more need. How much clearer can this be? Do, I'm, I'm wondering if. If our lack of healing is wrapped up in our lack of disobedience. I'm wondering if we're not seeing breakthrough. I'm wondering if we're not seeing advancement. I wonder if our dreams are not being fulfilled because we are not fulfilling our commitments to the Lord. I wonder. Some people simply quite say, by the time I pay all the bills, there's not enough. We are not putting him to the test. We are conveniently serving him as it fits our mode of life. He says, test me now in this. God says, dare me to bless you. Dare me to provide for you. When he says, you have robbed me, he's not saying, Lord of the Rings, you came in and you, you took the Orkin stone or you took the, he's not saying you physically, you robbed me of the opportunity to show you how much I can bless you, to show you how much I can provide for you, to show me how much I can, I can bless you in a way that you've never experienced before. And I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing. Have you ever had a broken pipe in your house? 
Have you ever tried to turn off water that would not be turned off by a faucet? Have you ever tried to stop the flow of water when it's gushing without restraint? Listen to me. Everything in its path, no matter how hard you try to plug it, it will continue running and running and running until you go to the source to cut it off. Do you understand that God controls the source and he wants to bless you in a way that it continues to flow, that it continues to run and no one can stop God's blessing. It'll flow through their fingers. No one can contain the blessings of God. They may hate on you. They may gossip about you. They may not like the blessings over your life, but they cannot contain the blessings and the favor and the goodness of God as we commit to him our finances. God wants to see you bless. And the doorway to that is honoring him, committing to him. Why did he choose money for this connection? Again, it's not because he's in financial ruins. It's because God knew that we would love the thing that would cause us to make idols out of what he provides for. The Bible simply says this. He is ready to pour out a blessing. God will not bless a poor steward because he will be a poor steward with even more. There was a church service in which the offering plate was being passed and a little girl came to the front with her hands cupped and she put a ring into the offering plate. The pastor, seeing this, was so moved with compassion, he, he actually went to the offering plate, grabbed the ring, and tried to give it back to the girl. And the little girl's response was this, I didn't give it to you, I gave it to him. When you tithe, you're not giving to a man. Listen to me, listen. When you tithe, you are not giving to a man. You're not even giving to a church. You are giving to God what is God's. And sometimes we get hung up on, well, they already have enough resources. They don't need this. They don't. It's like the guy that goes out to eat and never pays for his food. Because he's thinking somebody else is going to cover him because they think somebody else is better off and has the ability to always cover. Listen to me. God expects each and every one of us to be responsible for our finances. You know, quite honestly, in the relationship, I think I'm the spender and Lucy's the saver. I mean, I do save, but, but Lucy is much more practical, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm the spinner. And that, that we balance each other out. The practicalness of having people in your life to ensure that there's wisdom in the resources that God has given We're like, God, please provide for me. And God says, yeah, just stop going out to eat. I'll provide for you. 
quit trying to show off and pay for people that can pay for themselves, but you're desperate for friends so much that you'll pay for them because you want them to like you. And they're there hanging around you all the time because they know you're going to pay for meals and they're not interested in you. They're interested in your resources. Quit giving people rides 30 minutes, 40 minutes away from where you're at and then praying, God, fill my tank when you've not managed and you're too afraid to ask them for gas money, but they're not afraid to use your gas. You won't have to ignore phone calls because you know it's a debt collector. And all of a sudden you're changing your voice to a different ethnic voice of something that you're not. That's called deception. The Lord desires to bless your finances. How have you robbed me in tithe and offerings? I believe this. We're getting ready to close. I believe this. There are businesses that the Lord wants to bless us with. There's a spirit of entrepreneurship over this generation of millennials. There's inventions that need to be patented and created. You are called to excel and exceed and not be a slave to the lender. There's resources that God wants to give you so that you will fund the purposes of God. I'm going to share this story in closing. I promise I'm, I'm done. A pastor friend of mine from Austin shared this story with me. That a pastor friend of his was raising money for missions to send across seas. And he made this blanket statement without really even realizing what he was saying. He said, if God were to give someone here a million dollars, would you give it back to him? And a young college student who was in the back raised her hand. She said, I would. A couple of weeks later, she got a call from her sister in Dallas that said, our lawsuit has reached a settlement. And I want to bless you with a million dollars. And she took that million dollars and immediately gave it to the Lord. Oh, I'm glad you're clapping, but that's not the end of the story. Three days later, her sister calls back and says, they reconvened. They made a mistake. They actually awarded us more money. And I'm sending you another million dollars. Listen, we don't give to receive the millions. We don't give as a barter system to the Lord. This is not a financial transaction. We are giving because we're giving what belongs to God. And God's promises is that he'll take care of us. And he'll bless us. He'll provide for us.
Listen, I'm not trying to beat anybody up here. I'm simply trying to acknowledge the fact that God calls us to grow up and to be the men and the women of God that we're called to be and to come out of the covering. Some of us were wanting to get married, but mom and dad is still paying for our cell phone bill. When we honor the Lord, supernatural things take place. You'll get jobs you're not qualified for. You'll get advancements that you weren't even looking for. You'll get rebates. You'll get financial blessings. You'll get what you were not planning for, but it's in the plan and the heart of God to honor you when you honor him. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. God wants to see you blessed. Insufficient funds, where did it go? Some of us were driving really nice cars. We're dressing really good. But we're driving stolen cars. And we're driving or we're wearing stolen clothes. Because we've used resources that were holy and dedicated to the Lord. Lord, let it not be so. Let it not be so in this generation. Let it not be so in this ministry. In the name of Jesus. Would you stand with me tonight? Would you stand? We pray that this message has blessed you. For more information about our ministry, visit essaycornerstone.org forward slash college. 